says, yes, yes, welcome back. Thank you again for clicking on Hold the Gravy. My name is Hunter Romero. Coming at you today from South Louisiana on a beautiful mid-fall morning. I've been traveling a lot and I haven't been in Louisiana as much as I usually am, especially since we've been all stuck at home the last two years and I've gotten back to work and I'm very grateful for the work that I've gotten back to. I work in event production in many different departments, but I travel, I work in New Orleans. I work with a company from Louisiana, but we also travel around the country and put on different sort of events for all kinds of people. And I'm meeting new people every day and I get to learn from my peers. I get to work alongside some really creative freelance colleagues that I I call my friends really. And, um, I guess as this podcast continues on, you're, you're going to learn a little bit more about me personally. And, and, uh, hopefully I can do the same and learn about whoever's listening to this. And I guess with that being said, if, if you ever feel like reaching out, if you ever want to email me or give me a call, you can even text me, whatever, you know, whoever's listening to this, I'm down to chat it up, get to learn more about you and get to really dive into what you want to hear regarding this podcast. And uh, I'm grateful that you're here to let me get my feet under me, let me build a rhythm this fall season. And thank you for letting me share Louisiana culture the way I think it deserves to be shared. And um, I'm putting it in the light that I always wanted to see Louisiana culture be spread in, you know? This is the final episode of the Gumbo series, which was recorded live in New Iberia a few weeks back. I was out at the World Championship Gumbo Cook-Off, and I got to sit down with some incredible chefs that were out there spreading some incredible gumbo recipes. I'm sure there was some spies on site just you know, taking it back to their hometown, all that. I think that's beautiful, though. I really do. It's a, it's a hot ticket. You know, it's a hot camaraderie. It's no surprise that people really want to know more about Louisiana food, Louisiana music, and they may want to share it with their town or their, their city or wherever they are on this globe. And I feel like Louisiana has... Sonic highways, which I, I, you know, relate to music, but could also relate to anything in, involving the culture. I think um, there's little pockets all over the world that people can't get enough of us. You know, people can't get enough of what we what we cook and sound like and spread to whatever, even if it's just a joyful evening that someone in Switzerland gets by booking a Zotico band. You know, it's like. That's that's 
that's a big thing personally for me. And I've always thought that, that I'm just, I'm grateful to be a small drop in this wonderful bucket of creative freelance musicians, creative freelance production workers. Um, I, I'm, I don't consider myself a chef by any means, but I will taste any food that any chef <laughs> lets me. And, and um, I'm just, I'm really honored to be in this spot and I'm, I can't say that enough and hold the gravy is allowing me more of an opportunity than I could have ever imagined to just spread, to just let people know, to bring on some great guests. And that's all I'm here for, you know. Later this year, we're getting close to the end of the year. We're going to publish our YouTube channel that will have most of our interviews on video to where you can watch us in action. You can see what we are doing. You can see what I look like if you would like. Not much to look at, but got some beautiful guests inside and out that are going to grace hold the gravy with their presence and um we cannot wait we will be live december 4th out at the final delcom seafood and farmers market of 2021 we will be interviewing some very special people and you should come out and get your seafood for the winter bring your ice chest and make sure you you come ready to stock that thing and, and empty out your freezer because you can never get enough seafood, I think. I really don't. I mean, especially if you keep it in your freezer for a whole spring and summer of next year, you can cook for your family just by coming with that one big ice chest, you know. I had the chance to meet a fella by the name of Chef Dave Hewland. He is co-owner of Cajun 180 Spices. He is friends with my wonderful co-host, Mr. Wendell Verrett. And Wendell introduced us at the Gumbo Cook-Off. It was incredible to hear his story, to hear his growth as a private local business, to hear how he collaborates with other Louisiana artists and other local business owners. Once again, thank you so much for clicking on Hold the Gravy. This is episode four. I bring to you Chef Dave Hewland. Here we are. The Gumbo Cook-Off 2021 World Championship. Is there another Gumbo Cook-Off that y'all know of in, in the world? <laughs> there, are, there are much smaller ones much smaller ones uh but not in the world nope this is it now who we who i got the the honor of sitting down with today we have chef david hewlin and uh he is the uh owner and uh proprietor of cajun 180 seasoning which is uh, a unique brand of mixtures of uh different seasonings and is uh, it's just fantastic. I fell in love with it a couple of years ago. Uh, we feature it on our website, LouisianaDirectSeafoodShop.com. It goes perfect with seafood. We've got all his products up on there. And uh, David can 
can, has a unique history in, in, in commencing his, uh, his, his business and uh, he's right here in your Iberia and product is made in your Iberia and it's, uh, it's, it's getting pushed out around, across the, the country here gradually. It's getting out there, the word is getting out and we'll let him talk about his product and then and what he has going on. Thanks, Wendell. What about a what a fantastic day to be in New Iberia, man! Oh, it's great. Holy cow! We come out this thing every every year, and it's it's such an amazing show. Lots of great music, fabulous, fabulous uh, gumbo all over the place. So uh, yeah, to, speaking back to uh, Cajun 180. So we are a local company here out of New Iberia. We were uh, we started the company about three years ago, and uh, the reason we're called Cajun 180 is is because we do everything 180 degrees in the opposite direction. And so what that means is we're a healthy seasoning blend as uh, compared to a lot of the other seasoning companies that are out there. Uh, we use an all-natural sea salt in our, all of our products. Uh, and, and because we're 180, we use the salt on the back end of the recipe rather than it being in the front and full forwarded. So we actually tell people that we give the control of the salt shaker to the consumer when they buy our products. So where do you, where do you get natural sea salt from compared to where other seasoning companies kind of use? Sure. Well, it, it's available at different processors. Uh, everybody has availability to it. It's just a choice. Uh, some people use it as a filler, and we don't use any any particular fillers in our products. We have no no fillers, no GMOs, uh, no where gluten, wheat and gluten free, or keto friendly, paleo friendly. If you have if you're on a diet and you're worried about some type of filler product in in the seasoning, we have absolutely nothing like that in our product. It is 100% complete, all natural products. Uh, and our ingredients in every single one of our selections. How long have you all been in business for? Well, we, we started the company three years ago. Uh, I've actually had these seasoning blends uh, for over about 20 years. I've been using it in my own cooking, uh, whether it's doing catering uh, or live shows that I do. Um, I've kept it a lot in my family. I grew up with a, with a family with a lot of health uh, issues, whether it was diabetes, uh, hypertension, um, cancers, uh, diverticulitis, all of these different things that are very common um, here in South Louisiana, especially you know hypertension and diabetes, uh, some of our biggest ones, as well as cancer. And a lot of those people have intolerances to seasoning products or some of the fillers in their ingredients that are in there, such as uh, black pepper. You know, if you use a, a crushed black pepper, um, that can that can pose a problem to somebody's digestive system. So what we did was we actually went to uh, our process and we we ground it a lot finer. Uh, and we don't use as much of it as a, as, as a component in, in our seasoning. So it's, it's enough just to give it the flavor profile that we're looking for, uh, but it's not enough to actually upset someone's digestive system. And uh, they have a great, you know, a great variety of, uh, of products, and one of them is, is Cajun Trinity. And uh, it, it's just fantastic. You know, you want that flavor that we talked about earlier. And uh, you can use this if you're in a rush or, you know, you just want to spice up your, your dish with some seasoning. Uh, it's just a, a fantastic product. And yeah, so speaking about the Cajun Trinity, so what basically all it is, it's the Cajun Trinity in a powder form. So it's a dehydrated Trinity. So you see other products out there. There's some great products out on the market that are whole uh, dried Trinity products that you can find at the, at the local markets. Um, and so what we did was we ground ours up into a fine powder. So now that you can take this flavor profile and you can literally incorporate it into anything that you want that flavor profile in. So uh, slabs of fish uh, on the grill, it's, it's fantastic. You don't have to put a whole lot of 
onions and peppers and things like that on there, you just sprinkle the seasoning. It's great on steaks, it's great on salads. It, use it as a as a after product that you just sprinkle on anything that you want that flavor profile on. Uh, it's also, the reason that we designed that was not only for that, but when you cook with the regular Trinity in your products or in your meals, over time of cooking, cooking process, your vegetables and peppers and, and onions break down. And a lot of that can be used as a thickening agent. And so as it cooks down, you lose a lot of the nutritional value of those products and you, you, you lose the flavor component of it. So after the fact, you can come back with our Cajun Trinity and reinstitute that flavor profile in there without jeopardizing calories and, and extra vegetables and things like that from the supermarket. So I'm looking on here, do, they get, do you give them the serving sizes with each of these or is it yes, it kind all, of varies? Yes, all the serving sizes, anyway, you can use it however, however you like, but the serving sizes are on all the containers. Uh, we have nine different products in our, in our product lineup. So we started out with Lacazian Gold. Uh, that was our initial product. It's an all-purpose seasoning. We do have a no-salt version of that. Uh, the next one was the Cajun Trinity. We have a cocktail rimmer that was uh, built and designed around Bloody Marys. as uh, to rim the glass of a Bloody Mary. That one is Lacazian Gold as a base. And all we did was we added a little bit of um, celery salt to that one uh, using the all-natural sea salt. And then we infused the sea salt in that one with lemon oil just to kind of give it that extra extra boost that it needed for, for to dress up those Bloody Marys. Um, we also have a barbecue rub, and uh, we have a, pro a product that fits the Latin community called mojo. Uh, mojo in Spanish means salsa. Out there in Puerto Rico, Cuba, it's very popular. Uh, it's a liquid marinade. It's made for chicken and pork. Um, and so what we do is we took that flavor profile and converted it to a powder form. Uh, and there's directions on the bottle of that one that you can reconstitute or re reincorporate that and uh, make that back or turn it back into a marinade for anything that you're that you want to marinate. And that's one of those one of the things that uh, when I talked about the, the Caribbean gumbo, yeah, that was one of the one of the seasonings I used. And uh, I, I love I, I love the mojo. I, I don't want to say I don't want to play favorites, but I love the mojo. <laughs> And the mojo is fantastic. It, it, it's, it's just a no, whole other dynamic of uh, flavor that you know people around here in South Louisiana just aren't used to. And, right. and that's not something that they ask us too: is you know how can you how can you use the Latin uh, in, in, in inspiration in Cajun cooking? And I tell people all the time: you know, in Cajun in Cajun country here, this is a melting pot. And so all of our people, if we look back into our genealogy of all of where we come from as Cajuns, all of us have a little bit of French in us. We have Spanish in us. Uh, we have. Creole, uh, so there, there's a there's a flavor profile in here for every Cajun. Have and you done some traveling with with ins, you know inspired thoughts behind all of these mixes or some some different countries that kind of have different spices? Well, that's that's a very unique question because uh, in in every other country outside of the United States, they don't use seasoning blends like we use seasoning blends. So you can't go to we two years ago we took a trip to Costa Rica and Panama, and uh, what we learned is is those people buy seasonings as individual ingredients. So there's no flavor blend in one container that makes it convenient for them. So when we introduced that convenience to them, it became a very popular idea for them. And uh, what we learned out there was now we use it in all of our tastings. The mojo seasoning uh, is excellent. If you like fresh fruit, pineapple, strawberries, cantaloupe, and things, you know, so we, no one's ever thought about putting sprinkling seasoning on fresh fruit and that mojo takes that fruit and it will, you will swear you're you're on the beach in Hawaii or you're Ooh. in some tropical paradise island. It is fantastic. I man. gotta try that. Absolutely. I need a fresh cantaloupe delivered. 
here of stat. You know, tried on watermelon as well. That's, yeah. Oh man, it's delicious. But you know, we've seen a, a lot of times where there's a tweak to something that's really good, really traditional. Let's say it's uh, it's uh, Texas or, or Mexican, and then you maybe throw in a Korean flavor or something. You know, just blended, and and it's not a, a whole cloth change. It's just a subtle change, and, and I think that's what David has going on with some of his blends, and uh, I really like that concept of just, you know, we're just gonna make a subtle change, and uh, and it's it, it, it can become a really popular item, and, and, and people will just fall in love with it. So we're hoping his, his product gets out around, you know, and he's, he's doing a good job of of uh, marketing it and getting it out and, uh, and and we're very happy to have him on our on our website as well but uh, we, we love the product and, uh, and 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 really it's it's the idea behind it of what right. he was trying to accomplish right it? and you talk about tweaking it so a lot of people do tweak it they add a lot of extra stuff in their components whenever they're they're doing these seasoning blends and what we did was the way we tweaked ours was we went back to the original process and so, like for instance, in our Lacasian Gold, there's five ingredients. That's it. So the way I tweaked it was I actually cut back and pulled other things that other companies are using in their products, and we pulled them all out, and that was the tweaking we did. We found the original flavor profile, and we stuck to it. Absolutely. Is that is that kind of similar to like a jerk, like a jerk chicken, or like a anything anything in that vein that kind of has that distinct flavor if you go and eat that dish but you kind of wonder you know i wonder what was actually in this to make it that jerk you know or absolutely and and you'll find that in the uh, in the moho seasoning uh there's one particular ingredient in there that can't give you all the all the, oh, all no. the secrets and answers but when you taste it you'll you'll, you'll figure it out uh, but the Cajun Trinity is real simple, and that's that's probably one of the best testers that you can do if you want to open that packet. There, you can taste the Trinity right, uh, and, right. here on air and, and and get a get a feel for what I'm what I'm speaking of. It is literally the Cajun Trinity flavor profile, and it'll all be in the pinch of a finger, right on the tip of your tongue there. Well, don't don't tempt me with a good time. I will <laughs> I will try that Trinity. Are you seeing some good sales from from being on the Direct Seafood website, or are you in other stores as well? Or yes, we're we're in we're in a lot of different stores. We're in all the Rouse's stores uh, in Louisiana. We've just recently branched out into the Texas market with HEB. Uh, we're currently working on uh, Kroger and uh, Publix. Uh, just to put that out there, that may be coming up in the next two years or so. Nice. Um, and we have a lot. We have probably over 200 individual uh, what we call one-off stores. Uh, whether it's um, Benedetto's out in Baton Rouge or you know someplace like that, so uh, we're in all the new news stores. We're in Bilo here locally in New Iberia. Um, we're at Gonsolines Land and Cattle as well out there here in Lawrenceville. Uh, so we, we've got a, got a lot of good places out there. You know, it's like it's like the packet in the ramen noodles, <laughs> but. <laughs> The ingredients are just a hundred times better. They're intense. Oh man. They're intense. So basically, yeah, you just take your packet out of your ramen noodles and replace it with that. That's it. <laughs> now, now, that, now you that's a whole another. That's a whole another idea for a product right there. Cajun ramen noodles. There by, you go. By Cajun Blends. You know. Cajun 180. I do love the. I do love the logo. The the shirt just works so well. And thank you. David's uh, David's marketing. Uh, style uh, intrigues me. I mean, he, he's got a lot of imagination, but he brings them 
to flourishing. And, and one of the things he does locally, which I just think is, is fantastic, uh, is he'll have like a, a, a brunch where he'll do a Bloody Mary, and he can talk about it, but I, I want to talk about my experience. He'll do a Bloody Mary and, 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 and top it off. I mean, it's a meal, everything that he puts on, and he can talk about that. But he had this one version of this, and it's called Beyond the Glass. But he had this one version, which he had a, a local artist uh, do a painting. And then as the artist would pick out the colors, they would say, well, okay, what's, what's the next colors? Uh, what was it? Paul. Paul, Paul Shakespeare. Paul Shakespeare. Yeah. And um, Paul would say, it's this and this. And so they would go dig out of his pantry, come out with, you know, onions and bell peppers or some 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 food ingredient that would match the colors and uh, the other folks that were, were sitting afterwards with that was just fantastic I, I, I'm gonna steal that idea I'm that's sorry David I, that's amazing I'm just letting you know now you, you don't have to steal it we'll just keep doing the show and you're, you can always be a part of it uh, of course how creative for not only the chef or the, the person putting together the the food recipes but the painter as well and and getting to be a part of that yeah so basically i, I came from a marketing background i, I went to uh, to school for visual arts and, and graphic communications and so I, I'm a, I was an artist as a young kid and i was inspired by a lot of art uh, i never really was a good painter and, and uh, abstract art was always my favorite choice uh, and so when i got into the culinary world uh, i wanted to start a restaurant that was really built around the art and mixing the art and painting uh, as well as the style with the food and, and call it the painted plate um, so I basically took that into my culinary world and as we go now, what uh, Wendell is uh, attesting to there is a, is a show that I do here locally in New Iberia as of right now. Uh, we're looking in the future to actually travel and do this on the road. Uh, but the show is called Beyond the Glass. You can go on Facebook and uh, look it up, Beyond the Glass Cocktail Workshop. And, uh, and Wendell's right. Basically what we do is we take the, the reason it's called Beyond the Glass, the Bloody Mary is my proprietary mix, but the Bloody Mary mix is only a, in the list of a thousand other Bloody Mary mixes that you can get out there. Uh, but what I do that's special about it is we sit with a very intimate uh, group of people. Uh, we, we keep it around about 15, 20 people uh, just to create the atmosphere to be that, that intimate setting where they can come in and they can actually see a chef cook right in front of them. They can see what they don't get to see at a restaurant where a chef is cooking and all the different tips and, and uh, tricks and techniques that he uses. And they can bring that home and, and, and that idea as well as the, the show of, showmanship of it. Uh, but the, beyond that, what we do is we create the dish that they're eating and we put it on skewers in this big and we make these big huge elaborate bloody marys that are sitting in front of you uh, and they're totally immaculate and we do it every month is a different theme uh, so the one that window was was a part of it's called the uh, the palette to plate edition which is a special edition that i do in conjunction with the beyond the glass show where i do pick a local artist and he paints a themed picture the one that you went to window was uh, it's called the king and the crab <laughs> uh, and so we, we did there. Paul Shakespeare is very famous here for Paul's Kings, uh, that he paints some murals all over uh, New Iberia, all the buildings. Uh, so we took that king concept and we introduced the crab and how king was kind of uh, the crab was kind of king in the seafood industry. And, and we talked uh, about Louisiana direct seafood um, and, and brought those in as a, as a sponsor of ours. And um, we cooked cra uh, king cra uh, I'm sorry crab cakes and uh, put this on a plate and that's what one was talking about so the color for that one when paul put it up on the on the pal on the on the, on the canvas was uh, he said well i'm going to use a tan and so the tan was actually the crab cake that was cooked with a golden crisp oh yeah outside layer there and the uh, the next color was brown so i did a, a 
crab butter sauce that was actually put on top of the crab cake. So it was it was fantastic, man. We did over 13 colors to, to do between the, the the dish and the drink that we did. And the thing about it is, and I'm one that I like things that are that are different. I mean, you know, I, we we used to eat out a lot of uh, restaurants, and it gives a it gives a, the customer a different experience, something unique. It's not going to be repeated anytime soon. It's it's not a big box kind of experience, and uh, and you're right there with the chef. You, 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 you go through everything he goes through in preparing the meal, and you're you're sharing ideas with the people around you, and uh, it's just something different, and uh, and it's very good. Um, so that it's just a fantastic idea, and I, I love what he does with that. Yeah, and I'll throw two plugs out there for future shows. So one of the ones, I, there's a local company here um, called Freeze That, and they dry freeze anything that you bring to them that will dry freeze it for you. So she does some fantastic cheesecake, key lime plus. She, she, she freeze dries this and puts it in packages. So I've actually spoken to her to freeze dry all of the elements of my Bloody Mary, and I'm going to do a tribute one time when we got this... Uh, the, the, International Space Center flying overhead and we'll do a tribute to NASA one night and we'll do a freeze-dried Bloody Mary. Man. So that's, that's one idea. And the second one I'm going to do is a kid's show uh, because of course we want our kids to be inspired by art and uh, and by cooking as well. So I want to do a Bloody Mary that's a V8 based juice and, and some of the things that we're going to do, we're going to get in there with, a, with another artist and we're going to shave down and carve out out of our vegetables and make some cartoon characters and things like that that they can decorate the, their little Virgin Bloody Marys with. <laughs> I mean that is just pushing. That's pushing the creative limits, man. Yeah, with yeah. food, it's with culture, I love it. I, I, I can't. I, I can't even comprehend, man. I got to attend. I really do. Absolutely, come join us. Let me know when the when the next Bloody Mary one sure. is. I need. I need to find a way to like a Bloody Mary. I'll be honest. Oh God, I, I haven't. I haven't found that perfect one for my own taste bud. Come join us. Come join us. So you, you can try the red mix, and I also do a green mix that's made with Timotillos. And uh, I just recently stumbled on something that I may try around Christmas time, uh, is where you actually filter out the tomato, and you can filter it out so much that it'll come out clear. And you don't even what? know that. It, yeah, you, so you take the tomato texture out of it, and then and people, when they sit down with a Bloody Mary, the number one thing that they say when, when you say, why don't you like Bloody Mary, is they say, well, I don't like tomatoes. So if I can take that component out of there, and so it visually, it's kind of psychologically tricking you. You never know. You might might run across a Bloody Mary you actually like. <laughs> and I can tell you, going back to the freeze that lady, um, and and her, she comes to our farmers market, uh, and, and she has a booth, and it's uh, so the people know it's freeze that D A T, and uh, one of the things she has is. And she explained the process to me. It's like a $5,000 piece of equipment. And she explained exactly how it works. But she does ice cream. And I'm telling you, this is crack for kids. <laughs> it's intense. I, and I'm, uh, I have to be careful. But my, my, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, my crack on, on Freeze That is Jolly Ranchers. She freeze-dries Jolly Ranchers. And it is out the box amazing. I, it's like once you start, you can't stop. I, I, I have to have my wife pick them up and she has to hide them from me, literally. And you know, that's one of the things, Hunter, is we, you know, we put on a farmer's market and we get all these people with unique products and they're amazing. And how they come up with these ideas, I, I, it just, it just never ceases to amaze me. It's fascinating. So, and and uh, 
So that's uh, one of the things that you know we really, really like, and, and you never know what you what you're going to see. You know, right? And there's so many people around the region that probably don't even realize the the amount of local genius that's coming through these local companies and these new ideas and these boundaries being pushed yeah. with with just you connecting art to food and yeah. and I think that's that's really special. I think a lot of people can can benefit from that and really see a new just some kind of new venture with that, you know? Yeah, you know my my grandfather when I was a kid told me he asked me the question, what is the what is the richest and there's there's thousands of them on the face of the planet. But what is one of the richest places that you can go to? And of course it always struck me as uh, I don't know, I don't know, pop, I don't know, I don't know. And he eventually told me the secret was the graveyard. Think about it, you know, how many ideas and, and genius ideas and create creations that somebody who never thought that they could do it have taken those ideas and they've taken it to the grave with them. Yeah, I, and you know, uh, from a business perspective, it's hard to start a business. There, there's regulations, if they, especially food. Yes. There's so much overhead and that you have to go through so much paperwork and. But when you can, that's what's great about farmers market across the, farmers markets across the country is yes. you don't have to go through that process, and you get and you can see how creativity just flourishes, and and, and our system, I don't want to be critical, but it, it's just the way it is. It it tends to tamp down creativity, and because we want to be safe. Of course, but we maybe we're we're go overboard a little bit, you know. I mean, right. there's tons of regulations. None of us. We're squeezing that flow a little bit too much on some people. And we want, you know, and what happens is, um, once a bureaucracy starts, there's this saying: bureaucracies never die. Okay, so they push out these regulations, and they're the only ones who know what they say. You know, and it becomes a a, 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 a gotcha kind right. of thing. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I kind of really about, especially with seafood because of the imports and everything like that. So, uh, but but in these farmer's markets, um, you get to see a lot of creativity and, uh, and, and really appreciate talent that people have. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, it's, I think it's a great thing. And you learn something new when you go to a farmer's market, especially like, like the one out in Delcom and... You get to taste new things. You get to try it all, but really, you, you're really learning from people that have probably, like you you were saying, have had these ideas for a while, and really maybe took a couple of hoops to jump through to get to this this product right here, you know. And then now, now that it's out, now that you can taste it, now that you can see it, it's like, where has this been all my life? Almost. You yeah, know? I look at farmers markets almost like American Idol or some type right. of talent show where you know you never know who's walking around these places, man. They, you you can have some major investors walking around here and they finally get the opportunity to taste someone's creation. And God only knows the sky's the limit at that point. Yeah, I completely agree. And so, uh, yeah, you know, and it's just uh, some of these people have a lot of passion for what they do, and and, and they. We have seen them turn into full-blown businesses. Yes. Right. Um, one of them that David was talking about is uh, the, the Trinity freeze-dried product. That that guy's product is just it's going bananas, and he just started in the farmers market. And we had another one called Savory Cajun, 
which was pasta liar. Pasta, but with the flavor of jambalaya. And he got so busy, he stopped coming to the farmer's market. But that's how he started, you know. And, yeah. and those kind of people have passion, and uh, that's what makes us successful. It business. starts pure. It starts pretty pure with, with an idea. And like they almost, they, they to me are like artists. And they're really kind of just showcasing a little bit and then like you're saying somebody catches on or somebody might invest into it and then back to the back to the factory for your product you know yes. you gotta we need more we need more we need more so absolutely another one of the creative geniuses we have here in new iberia is uh, jay Florsham with peace love and smoke and right. that's another right. one that you uh, have at yes. your farmer's market yes. there jay is doing a phenomenal thing with right. his smoked cheeses um, and this guy figured out the cold smoke process and if you've never tried peace love smokes cheese man yeah. you got you got to get out there and try some man just guy. for this 20 minute conversation i need a list of everything <laughs> we talked about seriously I, they're all, just go to the dope that's farmer it. market that's you'll it. find them all there that's it man yeah jj does a great job and um and, and he explained it it's not that simple you can't no. just put cheese in a smoker <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, that, and seems, that seems like it wouldn't work if I were to try it. But you know, yeah, and he, he says, you know, look, if you put it, you put it in the smoke, you take it out, it's gonna take, taste like smoke, but with cheese, and that's not what it is. <laughs> right. You, you, it's yeah. got to cure a, a while, and then he explained the whole process. Yeah, sure. I mean, he, he actually uses a cold smoke product uh, or process, and then he once he vacuum packs that stuff, it sits in a fridge and it, it marinates. Right. Uh, exactly. For about a month, three months or so before it's actually ready to be sold at a farmer's market. Yeah. But he's I mean, he's a great example of where he, you can find him at the farmer's market. But here, here's a couple of our local stores here in New Iberia that I asked him to come in and actually put the product in the store. And he can't, he can't keep up. He can't, right. Literally right. cannot keep up with the floor. Yeah, and he has a day job on top of that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. He does have a full-time job and he sells out every time he goes to the farmer's market. Yeah. So, I mean, we see that a lot. Uh, the, you know, people want to start their own business before you know it, it takes off and uh, they have to make a, a life decision. A life changing decision. Do I leave the comfort of my you know, 501k to go sell products? A dream or a vision, yeah. yeah. Right. So. No, it's, it's definitely a, a, a relatable circumstance to a lot of people in, in America and, yes. and uh, probably all over the globe, but definitely America. To, some some people that may give up their dream or give up their idea of a very unique product just because i don't know maybe they're not prepared for that that hustle and bustle that it takes to get it off the ground or market it to a way to where a lot of people are really noticing you you know and noticing your product so and i, I commend i commend anybody that really markets something special markets it Put it puts it out there to where people just have to see it they have to see it so much that they're gonna try it yeah and it's a tough time right now of course one thing that we haven't talked about on this podcast yet especially during this segment is uh is COVID, man COVID, i think i think now more than ever we're going to start to see the creativity of all these dreams and visions that one people once had because of people are losing their jobs across america and uh you know given the right time and it's coming it, it's, it's going to come they're going to get their opportunity and they're going to branch out because they have nothing else to fall back on but their hopes and dreams and I think we're going to see a lot of creative products here start to come out. So as a business owner, how do you see, I mean, how do you make it feel in, in, in your hometown right now to where you see people roaming around, spending money, looking at local products, trying out other people's dishes? I mean, it, it obviously makes you feel good, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we. What? I think what the, the gumbo cook-off was canceled last year. We didn't have this opportunity, so it is it is absolutely it's mind-blowing to see these people back out here and see the richness 
of, of our society, of our, our local community here out here supporting each other. Just like that, too. I mean, you just that's right. You host the event, and they're here. You that's right. Bring the people out. And you build it, they will come. Community is back. That's and right. I think for the last 20 or so months, people have missed it and, and well, probably took it for granted. Probably in previous years and free music and, you know. Well, you, know, you know, this gumbo cook-off, it, it, it proves to our society and our culture here down here in South Louisiana as well. I mean, whether it's a storm or any type of, and I'm not going to say a physical storm like like the local, I mean, the, the, the recent hurricanes that we have, but it could be somebody going through a local issue. It could be a medical issue or anything like that, and we, we put together a benefit or our cause, and just the masses and droves of people that come in here to support, you know, locally, our own people. It's fantastic. The greatest place on the face of the planet i think here in south louisiana and for those listening at home you're missing it but you can catch it next year i'm sure we'll be we'll be right back here on in 2022 we'll i'm sure we'll be all over the place checking out 180 spices <laughs> cajun blends yeah hopefully cooking with it pretty soon I'm, i might keep this for my backpack you go for it but it's uh, all yours it's all yours look everybody can go out to cajun180.com uh, look up for our products online if you're not local uh, don't forget to visit Louisiana Seafood Direct and, and hit that shop. And you can also get Cajun 180 products there. But check out that local seafood. It is that's some of the best seafood. Comes to your doorstep right off the boat. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, man. I thank appreciate you. you sitting down with us. Not a problem. We'll see you around the next time. Sure, it's a pleasure. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to episode four of Hold the Gravy. Still to come in 2021, a few things. We got a lot going on, but I wanted to wanted to just update you real quick here. We're going to be releasing two episodes live from the Bayou Tesh Museum in New Iberia, Louisiana. Very special guest. I can't say yet, but... You definitely don't want to miss out on this one. You will also be able to check us out on our YouTube channel, Hold the Gravy Podcast. You'll be able to see all these interviews live and rewatch whenever you want. Please share with your friends. Let them know what we got going on down here in Louisiana. On December 4th, I will be live at the Delcom Seafood and Farmers Market. Once again, talking to whoever wants to come, sit down at our table. Let us know about their products. Let us know about what they're got, what they're doing, what they got going on in Louisiana. It's never enough, you know. We we just love everybody that that we get to sit down and talk with, and we love to learn about their products. We really love to learn about what they're doing to improve our culture, to improve the health and wellness of this culture, and um, we just we're so excited to share the final episodes of the 2021 season we got a lot coming in 2022 but before that i want to send out some love to a nonprofit organization that i personally work with we're going to be hosting an annual toy drive on december 21st in lafayette louisiana that'll be the final day of a month-long toy drive that actually kicks off november 21st so if you or anyone you know is feeling generous, wants to donate to some children's hospitals, some women and children's shelters, it's something that 
I've done for the last six years. I'm going to continue to do. My uh, fiance actually came up with the idea probably seven years ago, and, and ever since then we started doing it, and it feels great every time. We donate toys to kids who need it, especially at children's hospitals. My family has a very special relationship with Texas Children's Hospital, and uh, we're just excited to continue and grow in that and continue giving to, to those who need. And uh, Hold the Gravy podcast is right alongside of every other project that I'm working on, and I just can't thank you enough for continuing to support the culture. My name is Hunter Romero. Thank you so much again for clicking on this episode and and all the others. Have a great rest of your year. We're going to finish this one out strong. And thank you so much once again for being my friend. Much love. Spread the culture.